You're listening to another life-giving message from Living Faith Church San Diego. We are a church for sinners by sinners, and we are on a mission to help you discover your purpose, live in power, and live out your God-given potential. For more information about Living Faith Church, text the word podcast to 1-888-305-2303. Again, text the word podcast to 1-888-305-2303. Now open up your hearts and minds for this transforming message from Living Faith Church. Living Faith Church's mission is to help people discover their purpose, live in power, and live out their God-given potential. Purpose, power, potential. You and I, in order for us to live our God-given potential, we have to understand that we must have a thing called a V. And I'm not talking about virginity. I'm talking about vision. Say vision. vision. Your vision matters to God. My friends, you say, well, Stephen, all I want to do is, maybe for those of you who want to cut hair, I just want to cut hair. Well, cut hair in the name of God. Do it unto the Lord. Well, Stephen, I just, I, just, I, I just want to pay my bills. So I barely survive. That's all I need to do. That you don't have a vision. Your vision's too small. Proverbs 29, 18 says, where there's no vision, the people perish. If your life right now, you're feeling like it's perishing, it's dwindling down, it's not going anywhere because you're perishing because you have no vision. Or maybe you're here tonight and you're saying, Stephen, God's not opening doors or opportunity financially for me. Why is that not happening? Because you have no vision. Provision is the word pro, which means for. Okay, you're pro, pro whatever, pro donkeys, pro monkeys, whatever. Pro, you're saying you're for. Okay, pro is, means for. Vision means the vision, the mission. What is your vision in life? And that's where the for vision, for mission, provision in your life will happen when you have a vision for your life, for your ministry, and for everything about you. Make sense? Say amen. Amen. So how do we understand the aspect of vision? That's the biggest thing. I pray that Living Faith Church, that you and you who is sitting underneath this ministry will begin to develop a vision beyond your wildest dreams that God can fulfill. It has to be a God vision. See, there's a good idea and there's a God idea. A good idea says, oh, this is good, this is cute. A God idea says, I'm going to change the world. A God idea says, this is so humongous, it requires God. If your vision only requires you, it's too small. If your vision requires God, that's good enough. Because you have to have a vision that scares the crap out of you. And saying, God, what the heck? What is going on here? I need you to make this happen. I am going to speak right now prophetically over this church. That this church, again, a very unique church. Very, 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 very unique. Where we can go ahead and have people who are atheists and be, say, you know what? They love me and accept me. We can have people who are porn stars and say they love me and accept me. They can say we have people who are homosexual, people who are addicts or whatever. And we love, accept you, everybody. Not just people who dress like me or eat like me or smell like me or whatever. But we open our arms to everybody. You know what the word everybody means? It means everybody. <laughs> so here's the thing. I've actually had a, there's one more, there's, I'm not going to say any names. But there was a person who tried to come into our church and say, I'll be part of your church. And started bickering about this person. Like, get out. I don't want you in your church. Because this is not for you. 
So for those of you who are watching, if you're that kind of person who has a lot of things to say, shut your mouth and pray. You know? Okay? <laughs> but understand this, my friends. I pray that this church is so needed in this world today. Because people who are actually committing suicide and depressed, they feel alone. They feel like they can't go to a traditional church. They can't go to some place because they feel shunned. They feel embarrassed. But I pray that Living Faith Church will be a beacon of light in the city that they say, I need to go there. I have all this gunk on me, but they love me anyways. That's what Living Faith Church is about. So I pray that this type of church, this church, would not just be here in San Diego, Little Italy. This is cute. It's very cute. But you know what the God-given vision that I believe God's going to do for us? Is we're believing that we're going to plant multiple churches worldwide. See, that's, that's the, the hidden agenda of Stephen. <laughs> that we have this leadership thing. And that we have, let's say the word Bob, okay? Someone named Bob. So Bob comes to leadership. Oh, Stephen, I barely know Jesus, but I want to be in leadership. Great. Let's talk about first, how do you spell Jesus? Let's first, let's know about his life. Let's learn how to pray. Let's go ahead and learn how to read the Bible. Let's go ahead and, then they, they go, okay, great. I've been in this now. Good. Now go over here and pray during the book of Breakthroughs. Oh my God. Go, no, but just do it. Now he's going to come and preach. And now he's going to come up and help maybe the part of the worship team. Maybe he's going to come help with, with leading a Bible study. And he goes, Stephen, oh my gosh. God's doing work in my life. Great. Do you want to move to Las Vegas? Let's send you out to Las Vegas and start living for the church in Las Vegas. Make sense? That is the vision. Is the Bible? Here's the thing. If all a church does is just be a church here, and we're just cute, like right now, right now we're full capacity. Praise the Lord, hallelujah. You know, you know, if we're all just trying to be like just us alone, that's not the church. Jesus has to go into all the world and preach the gospel. And here's the thing. I love missionaries. But I don't believe mission work is God's end-all, be-all. It's the church. Why the church, Stephen? Because this is a place where you can hear the gospel. The missionary and the evangelist will say, Hey, Jesus loves you. Peace, I'm going back home. But a church says, Hey, Jesus loves you. Come on, let's have dinner together. Let's fellowship. Let's build a life together. Let's do life together. And that's why I believe churches need to be planted. And I am believing that some of you here tonight might say, You know what? I might want to plant a church. Now keep in mind, this is not a full-time, full-time, full-time. I still have business and I still have other things going on. So don't mean that you have to give up your dream just because. But I really believe in my heart. I firmly believe. Firmly, firmly believe. Okay, this is a bold statement. Ready for this? After one year of launching Living Faith Church, I believe for a thousand members. Thousand lives who are unchurched. Not saying, oh, I came from this church. I came from that church. No, no, no. They came from no church. If they say, if other people come from other churches, they're coming because they're here to serve. But if they're just here to sit down and just, you know, be a potato, like, no, get out of here. But if I want a thousand people who've never, ever been part of a church, I've never set foot in church before. Great. Welcome. So that's the vision that we have for Living Faith Church. So without your vision, how do we get into your vision? Easy. Pie. Pie. Okay. Who loves pie here? Yes, banana cream pie, pecan pie, apple pie, pumpkin pie, key lime pie, chocolate pie. Oh my God, chocolate mousse pie. Oh Jesus! My mouth was watering. <laughs> Can I get a witness? <laughs> okay, pie. P 
I E， 啊，讲不不 P A I E， 我讲 Pi P I E， 啊，我都不不搞这个呢。Anyways， so here's the thing with Pi to see your vision, you need what? Pi. First one is you got to see your position. Let me tell you this: the world out there and everyone else around you, your coworkers, your your neighbors, your parents, your family, are all telling you the position that you're in. You're good for nothing. You're a horrible human being. You're the worst person to be around with. You're nothing. And what happens is, Paul knows this because he's he's also a hypnotist. Is that your subconscious begins to, begins to believe things if it's been said enough to you, and you begin to believe I'm a good for nothing. You believe I'm no good. And here's the thing: what you believe is how you behave, and how you behave is who you become. So if you've been told you're good for nothing, and you believe you're good for nothing, so you believe you're good for nothing, then you behave like a what? A good for nothing. And then guess what? Your future happens. Your future becomes a good for nothing. So your belief dictates your behavior. Your behavior dictates your becoming. So we have to know our position. Genesis thirteen, fourteen, and seventeen. And the Lord said to Abram, after Lot had separated from him, lift up your Eyes now and look from the place where you are, northward, southward, eastward, and westward. For all the land which you see, I give you and your descendants forever, and will make you your descendants as the dust of the earth. So that if a man could number the dust of the earth, then shall your descendants be numbered. Arise and walk the land through its length and width, for I give it to you. The verse says here is to see, lift up your eyes and see. God, before He gives you the possession, He gives you first the vision. If you can't see it, it's never going to happen. Stephen, I hope I become this. I hope my mar- I hope this happens. I hope. I hope. I hope, I hope, I hope. So off to work I go. Right? <laughs> if all you do is hope, I mean, hey, hope in Jesus is great. But if all you do is hope, you're hopeless. Hope in Jesus is good. But if all you do is hope for your vision to happen, if you just hope, it's not going to happen. You have to see it. Close your eyes. When I close my eyes, I see the thousand people within one year. When I close my eyes. I see us doing a Zoom call with over a thousand churches worldwide, living faith churches worldwide, and people saying, "Oh man, we got this many people saved today. This many people got baptized. This many people accepted Jesus. This many people who were to commit suicide are no longer suicidal." This I'm visualizing. I'm, you got to feel it. You got to see it in the vision. And God, before He gave it to Abram, He said, "Look now to the sky." And see this as your descendants, Joshua six two, and the Lord said to Joshua, "See, I have given Jericho into your hand, its king and its mighty men of valor. They haven't possessed the land yet. They haven't walked around the wall. They haven't even done anything for Jericho. But God's already saying." The Lord said to Joshua, "See, I have given Jericho into you. See that your business is prospering. See that your family is whole. See that your finances is, is prospering. See what are you seeing? If you say, 'Oh man, all I see is defeat. 
All I see is anger. All I see is hatred. All I see is bad stuff. Then that's what you get. But if you stand in the position, and you know your position, your position is, God, I see the future, and the future is bright. There's a prophet out there named Kim Clement that says, I'm somewhere in the future, and I look much better than I look right now. I'm somewhere. And he repeated that over and over and over again. It was amazing. Have you guys ever heard of that guy named Kim Clement? Okay, so there's this guy named, he says, I'm somewhere in the future, and I look much better than I look right now. That's his worship song. Before he goes and preaches, he goes, all right, church, come on. I'm somewhere. People are like, I'm the future. And I look much, so you are somewhere in the future, and you look much better than you look right now. But if you don't believe it, it's not going to happen. Genesis 15, 5 and 6 says, Then he brought him outside and said, Look toward heaven and count the stars. If you're able to number them, and he said to him, So shall your descendants be. And he believed the Lord, and he accounted it to him for righteousness. My friends, this is the very first spot where we see God accounting someone as righteous. He counted him as righteous, not for what he did, not for how good of a life, how many times he didn't curse, how many times he loved thy neighbor. He didn't count it for righteousness for someone, who, for how many times he gave money to the homeless, or how many times he, he, he behaved and didn't sin. He counted it to Abram as righteousness off of his believing. So if you want to be righteous before God and say, I want my sins to be forgiven, I want my sins to be white as snow, my life is white as snow, all you got to do is believe. We believe in grace. It's not about action and what you got to do. It's about what he's already done on the cross. And here's the thing. Abram believed God and he accounted to him as righteousness. And here's the thing. What did he believe God for? The vision that God was giving to him. Your vision the vision that God's placed in your heart, if you believe that, and you believe God, God, I believe you, I trust you, I know it's going to happen, you're righteous. But if you don't, you say, I doubt it's going to ever happen, ah, then you're sinning because it's unbelief. So understand that is righteous. The second one here is this. First one is you got to see your position. The second one is see your identity. Say identity. Identity. Exodus 4, 1 to 13 is a little bit long, but here we go. Moses answered, what if they do not believe me or listen to me or say the Lord did not appear to you? By the way, this is Moses being called by God to go talk to Pharaoh. Okay? What if they do not believe me or listen to me and say the Lord did not appear to you? Then the Lord said to him, what is in your hand? A staff, he replied. The Lord said, throw it on the ground. Moses threw it on the ground and it became a snake. And then he ran from it. Then the Lord said to him, reach out your hand and take it by the tail. So Moses reached out his hand and took it by the tail and it took, became back to a staff in his hand. This, said the Lord, is that they may believe that the Lord, the God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, has appeared to you. Then the Lord said, put your hand inside your cloak. So Moses put his hand inside the cloak. And when he took it out, the skin was appeared leprous. It had become as white as snow. Now put it back in your cloak. And he said, so Moses put his hand back in his cloak. And when he took it out, it was restored like the rest of his flesh. Then the Lord said, if you didn't believe or pay attention to the first sign, then maybe they'll believe the second. <laughs> 
But if they do not believe, those two signs that they, to you, take some water from the Nile and pour it on dry ground. The water you take from the river will become blood on the ground. Moses said to the Lord, pardon your servant, Lord. I have never been eloquent, neither in the past nor since you have spoken to your servant. I am slow in speech and tongue. The Lord said to him, who gave human beings their mouth? Who makes them deaf or mute? Who gives them sight or make them blind? It is not I, the Lord. Now go. I will help you speak and teach what you may say. But Moses says, pardon your servant, Lord. Please send someone else. What a wussy. God is showing him all kinds of different things. Saying, look, dude, I get it. You're not qualified. Tonight, maybe you're sitting here saying, Steve, I ain't qualified to go in and be a leader in this church. I'm not qualified. How am I qualified to go feed the homeless? How am I qualified to come up here and preach? How am I qualified to be part of this grand vision of Living Faith Church? How am I qualified? Listen, you ain't qualified. I ain't qualified. But God's saying, look, what's in your hand? He told the disciples, the disciples, hey, we have a big vision. There are 5,000 people. We need to feed them. We need to eat. Jesus says, what's in your hand? What, what do you got? So Jesus is asking you tonight right now, what do you have in your hand? What do you have? It's very little. But the very little that we have, with God, he can multiply it and turn it big. Say amen. Amen. So whatever small you have, Stephen, I would love to support Living Faith Church, but all I got is five bucks. God bless you. Give that five bucks so we can go and buy for speakers. All I got, Stephen, is a little bit of you know, energy that I can help with putting away stuff. Great, God bless you. Put whatever you have in your hand, God will multiply and use for his glory. Yeah. Matthew 4, 3. We're talking about identity. The tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. If you're the Son of God. Look at this. This is Matthew chapter 4. The verse before that is as soon as Jesus was baptized by John the Baptist, he went up into the water. At the moment, heaven was open, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and uh, lighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, this is God speaking, This is my Son, whom I love, with him I am well pleased. That's how God sounds like. Yeah. <laughs> you see, God, when Jesus was baptized... God said, this is my son. Then the devil goes over to him and says, if you are the son of God. Get this. The very first place you'll ever be tempted to not accomplish in your vision is in your identity. Your identity will be attacked like crazy. What do you mean you're powerful? What do you mean you, you can do X, Y, and Z? You can't do that. What Stephen's offering the people to preach? You can't preach. You're shy. You're an introvert. You're quiet. What do you mean you want to be part of leadership and help plant? What do you mean possibly one day plant another church somewhere else? Moses, you have a stuttering problem. You can't do that. God can't use you. Moses, you, you're not eloquent enough to talk to a king, to a pharaoh. See, the devil will lie to your mind and say that you're not good enough. You can't possess this. You can't do this. You can't. Your identity will be attacked. My friends, if Jesus himself was attacked in his identity, what more? You and I. Your identity 
needs to be found in God. Our identity is huge. Our identity is tied to our vision, to our purpose. So if you're questioning your identity, understand this, God is ready to release you from that. And all you gotta do is just rebuke the devil and say, devil, be gone in Jesus' name. So first one is we must see the position. Second one is we must see our identity. And the last one here is see the ending. Once again, Proverbs 29, 18, where there is no vision, the people perish. Your vision is your ending. Let me tell you this right now, just a pause. Uh, you know, we were looking at property, uh, a location in Miramar Road, and we're saying, you know what, but Little Italy opened up. I said, you know what, actually, I don't want to move from Little Italy to Miramar. I want to keep Little Italy and then have another church in Miramar. So we're going to have two churches. I'm believing in the first two years. Two churches happening simultaneously. Little Italy, Miramar Road. And then Angela was really passionate about Los Angeles. You know, because she had a lot of friends up there who were whacked out, leaves Jesus. Okay? First Samuel 17, 23. If that's you, I love you. God bless you. First Samuel, you know you're whacked out. First Samuel 17, 23 to 25. As he was talking to them, Goliath, the Philistine champion from Gath, stepped out from his lines and shouted his usual defiance. And David heard it. Whenever the Israelites saw the man, they all fled from him in great fear. Let me, see that. Let me read that part again. Whenever the Israelites saw the man, Goliath, they all fled from him in great fear. Now, the Israelites had been saying, do you see how this man keeps coming out? He comes out defying Israel. The king will give great wealth to the man who kills him. He will also give him his daughter in marriage, hello, and will exempt him from his family from taxes in Israel. Oh, that's even more exciting. Okay? So you're going to get hooked up and get laid with the king's daughter, and then you're going to go ahead and get exempt from taxes. Sex and money, hello. Okay? Let's just put it out that way. But here's the thing. The thing I want to point out there is not sex and money. Okay, but that's in the Bible, by the way. Anyways, here's the biggest thing. The verse 24. Whenever the Israelites saw... The man, they all fled from him in great fear. My friends, what are you seeing that's causing you to fear? What are you seeing that's causing you to retract? You see, in order for us to fulfill the vision of God in our life, we have to see the ending. Seeing the ending is, this guy is done. He's defeated. If you're seeing your, your situation, you get a medical bill, you get a, a report, doctor's report, you get whatever it is, you get a, a legal notice, do you see that as defeated? Because if you do, that's what you're going to get. You have to see this and say, you are defeated in Jesus' name. I rebuke this in the name of Jesus. Now, don't go ignoring your bills, okay? Don't be like, I rebuke you, trash, shredder. And then the, 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 the debt collector calls you, I rebuke you. You know, don't answer the debt collectors. Don't pay, you know, splash, splash them, you know? So understand this aspect, okay? <laughs> some people, I bet you some people, I rebuke you. Yeah, yeah, I rebuke you in Jesus' name. Yeah, you just start praying. Let me pray for you. And the person's like, I'm just trying to collect your bill, bro. Anyways, so here's the deal, guys. Whatever situation you're in right now, you got to see the victory. See the victory. Numbers 13, 26, 31. They came back to Moses and Aaron and the whole Israelite community 
at Kadesh, in the desert of Paran. There they reported to them and the whole assembly and showed them the fruit of the land. So there's spies that went out to go look at the, the land. They gave Moses an account. We went into the land to which you sent us. And it does flow with milk and honey. Here's the fruit. But the people who live there are powerful. And the cities are fortified and very large. We even saw descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites live in the Negev. The Hittites, the Jebusites, the Amorites live in the hill country. And the Canaanites live near the sea along the Jordan. Then Caleb silenced the people before Moses and said, We should go up and take possession of the land, for we can certainly do it. But the men had gone up with him and said, We can't attack these people. They are stronger than we are. And if you study this and read it, Numbers 13, you'll see that there's 12 spies that Moses said that to go spy the land. Check it out and see how it is. The 10 spies that said, we can't defeat these people. They're big. Yes, that's right. The land is awesome. The prize is great. The vision looks amazing. But you know what? We can't do it. Because I know I know the Here's the fruit. Yes, you're right. The fruit's great. It's amazing land. But they're huge. Huge. They're amazingly big. I can't, we can't defeat them. The 10 that saw negative, they saw defeat, died. The two that saw victory, they possessed the land. Read it yourself, number 13. Again, the 12 spies, 10 saw negative, and they died. And the two saw victory, and they prospered. You must see the ending from the very beginning. Dr. Yogi Cho, he is a, a church planter in Korea, South Korea, and he had his mother-in-law, he had his family in the front, but they rented a full-on theater, a big theater, and he got a microphone preaching, Jesus saves, Jesus loves you, and the people in the front says, Yogi Cho, who are you speaking to? We're just us. He goes, no, I'm talking to all of them. And you know, today, look him up. Dr. Yogi Cho, the world's largest church. Just to gather their leadership, they have to rent out the dome of over 100,000 people. And he says, this is just my leaders. A dome. He rents out an amphitheater of over 40,000 people. These are my pastors. But the very, now that's today. Because of goosebumps. Look it up, Dr. Johnny Cho. But before that, when he first, first started, he got his family and started, Jesus saves! Talking to a big theater. And I said, Who are you talking to? Because I'm talking to all of them. Dr. Young Cho saw it before he saw it. My friends, you guys heard the story before. Walt Disney started Disneyland, but he passed away when they opened up Disney World. 
And when he opened up Disney World, he was already dead. The governor of Florida was giving a speech and opening the ceremony for the Disney World. And the governor says, Miss Disney, look at this magnificent place. Walt would have been so proud if he can see all this amazingness of Disney World. Then Miss Disney went up to the microphone and says, pardon, governor. But Walt saw this before we saw this. And that's why Disney, they have a whole department called Imagineering. They're visionaries. I pray, Living Faith Church, every single one of you in this room tonight will become visionaries for Jesus. Visionaries for your business. Visionaries for your health. Visionaries for your marriage. Visionaries for your city. Visionaries for your work environment. Visionaries. And you would see it as victorious. Not see it as defeat, but see it as we will tackle this. I will get this. The fruit is great. There is giants there, but I will tackle this in the name of Jesus. And my friends, we can do that. But you cannot stop. You must push and push and push. Just like a woman giving birth. I never given birth, although I look pregnant. <laughs> but they say, keep pushing. And I, I bet moms out there, you probably say, I want to give up. I just want to stop. This is too much. But you can't. You got to push, push, push. P-U-S-H. The way we push is we pray until something happens. Everyone's eyes closed, heads bowed. Spirit of the living God, thank you for this message you have imparted into us. That through Pi, we will see the vision. That we would see our, our position. We would see our identity. And we would see the ending. God, we give you the glory. Tonight, if you're here and you say, Stephen, I'm ready. I've been coming here for the last few weeks, but I'm ready for Jesus to come and be part of my life. If that's you, just lift up me right now. Hallelujah. Now tonight, as we're here, I would like you to pray this prayer for everyone out there who just want to pray this all together and say, Lord Jesus, come into my life. I accept your grace. I accept your forgiveness. Forgive me my sins. Wash me of all my unrighteousness. I claim Jesus is Lord. God is my Father. Heaven is my home. And I give you the glory. Empower me now. In Jesus' name. Now tonight, I want to pray a prayer of impartation to you for your vision. Your vision. The vision that God's put in your heart. Close your eyes, bow your head still. Think about what vision do you have in your head. Think about it. Put every eyes closed, every head bowed, every run. Lift up your hands wide to heaven. Stretch it out to heaven right now. Stretch it up to heaven in the name of Jesus, Lord. I pray that you would impart your vision, your power, that we may have accomplished the vision, the mission, and the goals you've imparted to us, God. 
Lord, I pray for every person in here who feels that defeated, who feels that they, they can't handle it, just they, they we're not qualified. God, I pray that you would give us signs and wonders and you would speak to us to miraculously understand and to get a, a revelation from heaven. Yes, you're qualified because I am with you. So God, tonight for every person who's praying for their vision, I pray that we would dream bigger, imagine larger, and tackle what the enemy has against us. We, we, we overcome it in the name of Jesus. I pray right now for God for every person who's ever doubted the vision of God in their hearts. We pray that we repent of that doubt. And we pray that faith will begin to rise up within us. And God, we declare right now, God, for your vision on our lives be accomplished in Jesus' name. And God, tonight we pray for the Living Faith Church, for every person here who's hearing the sound of my voice, who says, I want to be part of this. I want to help plant this church and multiple churches worldwide. I want to be part of a church that gives hope, faith, and love to a community who doesn't feel loved, who doesn't feel accepted. God, use us. Use us mightily. And give us your power. We give you all the praise, all the honor, and all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this life-giving message from Living Faith Church. For more information about our church, text the word podcast to 1-888-305-2303. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast, and we will see you next time on the Living Faith Church Podcast.